Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Sarah Ellis, and this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast. This episode is one of a special series of short conversations we've had with this year's LinkedIn Changemakers, which we're also very proud to be part of. Each of the people that we're interviewing is pioneering such important change in the world of work, whether it's making a difference in areas like equality, mental health and sustainability. We're really looking forward to learning more about how they've made that change happen, their hopes for the future and how we can all get involved. Today you'll be hearing my conversation with Neil Laybourne. Neil is championing change in mental health and as you'll hear in our chat together, it was an unexpected moment in his day and then his year that ignited his passion and work in mental health. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation today and I'll be back at the end to let you know how you can learn more and who else you can hear from in this really special series. So Neil, really good to meet you and thank you for joining us on today's special episode of the Squiggly Careers podcast. Thank you, happy to be here. So I'm really looking forward to learning a bit more about the work that you do and I thought let's start with you sharing with our listeners the change that you really want to champion through the work that you do so everyone gets a real feel for the kind of the important thing that you're trying to pioneer. So I'd love to get kind of your take on that change. Sure. Well, my career has been very varied since I first stepped into the working world and present day um, involves me predominantly being within mental health and well-being, absolutely by accident. It happened very organically. It kind of started with one pivotal moment when in 2008 I was actually on my way to the gym and it was going to be a normal day as far as I knew. And um, I walked past a guy who was sitting on Waterloo Bridge. Uh, His name is Johnny Benjamin. He's very well known now. At the time, he was about to take his life. I'm going to be very, very brief here, so I hope I don't do this an injustice to anybody that's listening and, and has an affinity to this subject. But essentially, we spoke on the bridge as strangers. It was a very spare of the moment thing for me, instigating that. And I had no idea that it was going to impact my transition into the career of mental health that I'm in today. So essentially, yeah, I'm talking to this guy on Waterloo Bridge and we've connected, but the police, you know, ended up getting involved and taking Johnny away. and, And my day in life just continued as normal, thinking that would just be this one random act. And then in 2014, that random act just came out of the blue back into my life again when that guy Johnny 
unbeknownst to me, had had this amazing recovery period uh, in his life, had become a mental health ambassador, was trying to create awareness around men's mental health, around suicide, suicide prevention, and reached out to essentially find that stranger who spoke to him on the bridge. And at this time in 2014, I was still a personal trainer. I was uh, running retreats and boot camps and still training people in Covent Garden. And yeah, it was just this wonderful moment that I leaned into something that I didn't know about through meeting Johnny for the second time. When I met him for the second time, we became friends and the press picked this story up and it enabled me to learn more about what is um, what is mental health, what is suicide, you know, what is schizophrenia, the diagnosis Johnny had. And I started doing ambassador work for mental health charity as we were developing our friendship. Somewhere along the line, I ended up being more involved with working alongside any mental health initiatives than I was doing anything with physical health. I'd always work for myself, I'd always run my own company. So there came a, a sort of point where it just seemed to make sense to maybe transition into something that seemed a bit more destined for me to do, because by this point, you know, organisations, companies were looking more at mental health. And as I said, our story was kind of in the public sphere. We were working with other people to create awareness around mental health. And I find myself in present day going into a lot of organisations. And I use that term because it could be companies, it could be schools, charities, prisons, anywhere trying to open up conversations around mental health and well-being, then hopefully developing relationships with those organisations to keep enabling their growth, their understanding. And at some point, those relationships fall off and drop off because we've just reached a natural break in how we're working together and we're always developing new ones all the time. And, um, and it's exciting. I've met thousands of inspirational people over the years hopefully that journey just continues so um but what i what i tend to do if i was to define what i do day to day is really around getting people in a room sharing ideas creating platforms where there's peer-to-peer access around understanding what somebody else is doing in one industry how could they apply in another industry or just 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 kind of like getting ideas spread really so when you were sitting or standing next to johnny on that bridge that day how did you kind of figure out what to say did you really think about what you were going to say or did you just kind of have a chat as you would do with anyone else I think the magic of the moment on the bridge really and let me just I think it's really important for anybody listening you know around this context of like suicide and on both sides for the people struggling people who would want to help is that people are helping all the time interventions are happening all the time and not you know our story or my story in this there's so many untold ones. So it's not anything spectacular. And people people can help people all the time. We're just lucky that ours got picked up and we could do something with it. But I think to answer your question about, you know, what was it about that conversation that was unique? I think the fact nobody was listening, nobody was watching. I felt like in that really rare, extreme circumstance where you feel like, okay, this is few seconds or a few moments or minutes in my life that's going to mean something if you can just be yourself with that and just trust your instinct that can go a huge way and that's really difficult to do when 
we're in discussions like, I don't know, interviews or podcasts. Like I know there are going to be people listening to this and that might subconsciously affect how I talk and what I talk about. But on the bridge then, and in many other times in our lives, you know, when, when nobody's watching and you just kind of be yourself, I feel like there's just this extra part of you that, you know, is sometimes hidden away and people don't get to see all the time. And I think that was it. I think I genuinely was just trying to be honest with um, Johnny. I think I was just trying to really connect with him. And I think just just being myself and, and just not worrying about the outcome of what I said, like I wasn't going to be judged on it. Nobody else could hear what we were talking about on the street or, you know, and that's, that's really, really powerful. <laughs> it's not easy to apply that to like everyday life because usually people do know everything we're talking about now. So yeah, that was, I think that was it. I think it was just finding times where you can not be watched really helps you to just, you know, be, be your best self, if that helps. So I think being instinctive, I think, and not trying to follow a, a script. And I didn't have one back then. I was just literally just trying to uh, make a difference in that, in that moment. I think now we're in quite a different place with mental health than we were four or five years ago. I'm not even sure we would have had this conversation four or five years ago. And so there is certainly been as you said, a lot of press about it as an area of focus, much more increased awareness about importance. But it's still interesting to know that, you know, what are those kind of things that you keep thinking, well, if I could wave a magic wand to make a difference on an area or some areas that still feel quite hard or we've just not got the answers to yet, because these are big challenges. These are not things that are going to get solved or fixed overnight. What are those things that that you see quite frequently, almost regardless of industry or organisation? Well, I think people very often haven't had the opportunity to explore the breadth of their own well-being, their own mental health, their own emotions. I mean, it's a language, isn't it? If you're excelling at a career, you should be able to speak that language really, really well, right? So I think a lot of organisations have realised, okay, well, we need to put people in place to discuss well-being, you know, whether it goes to HR or whether it goes to a well-being lead or somebody else. I wonder how much that person actually knows this language of well-being themselves. And it's, I'll give you an insight about qualifications. So yeah, I've done training courses around this and then I think it's important to do that, even though I've had lots and lots of exposure, but the real qualifying factor is just listening and being privy to so many different conversations. And through those, letting myself talk about me helps me to find my own language with well-being that feels comfortable for me as an individual and I think if organizations could give people the time to do that and you've got to showcase that I think you've got to show people what it looks like to talk about well-being that's why there's so much storytelling in companies and I just think it comes down to that people are given this role to encourage conversations What's really helped me, I think, to bring this conversation to people is that I was doing a charity ambassador work for a few years before I stepped into any companies. And a lot of that was speaking to people with ill mental health, not necessarily speaking to people around their general well-being. So I had lots of experience having all the tricky conversations around things like suicidality or depression or people really disclosing things and figuring out how I would react to that. And um, yeah, so then when it comes to having the conversation about general well-being, 
it's a much broader landscape. I think it's about confidence and um, if people can be invested in to not just make this like an add-on part of their role. The thing is, I think people want to help. I think people genuinely understand that many of the people in their workplaces are struggling and they want to be that ally. They want to be that support system. But you do really have to go through a journey of exploring the language first because um, it can be triggering. Like I certainly found it difficult in the first couple of years because as everybody on the planet, we've all had things that go on in our head that make us feel scared. We've all had bad days. I think we've all had dark days. I mean, I certainly have. It gets easier. It gets a lot, lot easier to just be exposed to the conversation of mental health. And I think there's also a lot of people in companies maybe that don't want to have the conversation. Like they want to help people, but they realise that it's difficult to even listen to somebody else's mental health struggles. Therefore, that they can't be part of the conversation. It needs to be a very consultative approach about the right people. And I think companies need to go through a bit of a journey to let those people just put their hands up and say, I want to be the one to do that. Rather than saying, well, you should be the one because you need a team. Or you should be the one because you look after 50 people. And then last question to finish with, and we ask all of our guests on the podcast this, whatever they're talking about, but I'm always interested to know if you've got a best piece of career advice that you'd like to share with our listeners, either your own advice that you'd just like to share your words of wisdom, or maybe something that someone has said to you or something that you've read that you've just always found helpful. Okay. Somebody said to me once, and it's just the way they said it and how they said it, and I'm sure many people have heard this before, it was when I was working as a labourer. I was just having this chat with my boss around the company. And it's just the way he looked in my eyes and said it deadpan. He said, look, if you're not happy about anything in your life, just change it. Nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah, you know, somebody else said to me, just do what makes you happy. I had this friend, I guess, and he was very successful in his career and did some mentoring with me. And we sat down and we just started with, he just said, right, write one, two, three on a piece of paper and just write the top three things that are most important to you in your life. And, you know, just a simple thing like that helped me to think for the first time, okay, that is what's most important. And go out there and engineer it for yourself. You'll thank yourself in the future. And my last thing I just want to say is nothing is worth sacrificing a good night's sleep for. No target, no comp package, no expectation. If you can't get yourself a good night's sleep, you're no use to anybody and uh, you should tell the other person at the end if they're disrupting Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Thank you for listening to today's special episode of the Squiggly Careers Changemakers podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the work that Neil Laybourne is doing, you can find links in our show notes. And don't forget, you can also listen to other short conversations with LinkedIn changemakers, including Dr. Layla Ajaralu, who shares her work on sustainability, and Martin Sibley, who discusses disability equality. So we'll be back with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.